You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. You can be seated and good morning, 10 o'clock, I hope. All of you are doing well. Uh, We're at the top of Holy Week. And there's not been a more significant week, neither in human history nor for the human heart, than what we call Holy Week. I mean, this very morning, brothers and sisters around the world, this very day, brothers and sisters around the world are celebrating Palm Sunday. The Sunday where Jesus entered into Jerusalem as he knew he faced the pain, the death of his cross. We remember this week, we call it Holy Week because it's the week that Christ would not only enter into Jerusalem, but he also would share a last supper with his disciples before the cross. It was during this week that he would go to the garden, he would be betrayed, he would be arrested, he'd be scourged, he'd be whipped, and he would die on a horrific cross. But then, a glorious resurrection. The 10th to the 17th of Nisan, probably in the year 33 AD, changed everything for the course of history. Christian, it changed everything for you. Non-Christian, it can change everything for you. There has not been a more consequential week in the course of human history. And today we remember it by taking communion together. But biblically, what what does it mean for us to take communion? Why do we take communion? What, What should happen in this place and in our hearts when we take communion together as the people of God? Your copy of God's word, would you go with me please to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Hope you have God's word with you today. You can share with someone next to you. You can go to your device. Just make sure nothing else will distract you on that device today. First Corinthians, it's the seventh book in the New Testament. You have the four gospels, Acts, Romans, first Corinthians. We'll go to chapter 11 together. This is Paul writing to the church of Corinth as he was carried along by the spirit. And so what the Spirit told Paul to tell the church of Corinth is the exact same thing that the Spirit would say to Highland today. So pull up a chair The God of the universe wants to speak to you today. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, the he there is Jesus, he broke it. The it refers back to the bread in verse 23. Jesus broke the bread and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So what do we do in communion? First of all, we we remember. It's used two times right here, the end of verse 24, the end of verse 25, in remembrance. Communion is foundationally about remembering. When we take the bread in a few moments, we are remembering the body of Jesus. We remember the fact that God committed the ultimate act of humility and took on a robe of human flesh and wrapped it around himself. God became man. 
and then he suffered in that body, lived life in that body, and then died in that body. We also remember today the blood of Jesus. When we drink at the cup in a few moments, we'll remember the blood of Christ, the blood that was shed on the cross that is now sprinkled in our hearts to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and also to give us access, fresh access to God. That spilling of the blood of Jesus inaugurated for us this brand new relationship that we can now have with God through Christ only because of the blood of of Jesus. The blood of Jesus launches this brand new relationship that you, Christian, do have, non-Christian can have with God, but only because of the blood of Jesus. This is so important, Highland family. Communion is not about imagining. I would even say communion is not about meditating. It's about fixing our thoughts on a true focused point in history on a real body that was given for us, a real body that was beaten, that was whipped, that was spit upon, and then that real body nailed to a cross and real blood flowed from that real body. We fix our thoughts on this reality, the blood of Jesus. We we remember today. This is what we are called to do. We remember the body of Jesus. We remember the blood of Jesus. We also have to consider a couple of things today as we enter into this time of communion together. First of all, we consider our sin. This is heavy. For those of you who did not come to church today or came to church today hoping you would not hear a heavy word, close your ears. This is heavy. In fact, most churches, most Christians like to skip right around this next point. So let's go there. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 27 and 28. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And then it gets even more intense than that. Hold on. 1 Corinthians 11, 29 through 30. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill and some have died. He says right here, there are some who are weak and sick. Some who have died because they did not treat the bread and the cup in a worthy manner. I know that's strong. You feel it in the room right now. Communion isn't to be handled casually. That's why every person in this room, and please hear this, me included, we have to beg our hearts this question. Do I understand what I'm doing? Have I considered my sin? Have I given myself some time before I eat of this bread and drink of this cup to confess sin before the Lord, to remember together the body of Jesus, the blood of of Jesus? Do I realize what is happening here? Because there's nothing casual about communion. This is not just another routine in our church Sunday mornings. This is not just a checking of the box of our religious to-do list for this week. This is not something we do just to kind of get to the end of, of, of the gathering. No, this is a serious consideration of our sin. So communion has to have some time that involves confession of sin before the Lord. 
we have to consider our sin as we look at the cross. That, that cross does not have some distant relationship for us. No, we see our sin on Christ on the cross. Before the cross is something done for us, we must see that the cross was something done by us. Our sin. Our rebellion. But the beauty of it is we don't really just stop right there. Yes, we have to consider our sin on Christ, on the cross, but we don't just consider our sin. Listen, here's the grace. Here's the good news. Here's the gospel. We also consider God's promises. So today, as we take communion, yes, we must consider our sin, but also we must consider his promises. The promises are a result of, verse 25, this new covenant that we have entered into with God through Christ Jesus. I I could give you thousands today of covenant promises. You're welcome. I've reduced it to two. One, all sins of all Christians are all covered all by Christ's grace. So when you come to the time of communion today, when we come to the time of communion today and you want to consider your sin, also balance that today with the consideration of his promises toward his people. Think of it. All the dark thoughts we've ever had all the dishonorable actions we've ever done for those in Christ covered all the hurtful words, all the bitterness that we have built up in our hearts, every single thing that we have done that is dishonoring to God, disobedience, faithlessness, disbelief, covered, covered, covered. He has covered it for his people. When you and I reflect on this reality that our sin, daughter of God, son of God has been covered By Christ, it should make our knees shake in his presence. Second promise we need to consider together today as we take communion is that Christ's remarkable love is remarkably inexhaustible. And we don't get that because every one of us in this room, we have a love that can be exhausted, but not God. We have love. He is love. He is a well, and there's a, a well of love in him that never runs dry. I say this as often as I can from this pulpit. You'll hear me say this hopefully dozens and dozens of times before God takes me home. You cannot wear out God. You don't wear him out. Some of you came in today saying, I think God just hates me. I think God is tired of me. I think God is displeased with me. I think God does not like me anymore. You don't wear Jesus out. He is not tired of you. Someone needs to hear that today. His love comes from a well that never runs dry for you. You can't out-rebel his love. Didn't think about him this week? He loves you. Didn't even consider him this week? He loves you. You ran to sin this week? He loves you. You didn't even spend a minute with him this week. He loves you. You want to walk away from him. He loves you. You did walk away from him. He loves you. Children of God, this is a promise of his covenant that you cannot shake his love. And why would you want to? His love for you is as high as the heavens and it's as real as his cross. Here's what Augustine said. The cross was the pulpit from which Christ preached his love to the world. Did you walk in here today thinking you may not be loved? 
Do you walk in here today thinking that no one sees you, no one knows you? That you've done so many things that might even be so horrible that God would never, ever love someone like you? Oh, he loves you. His cross is that pulpit from which he has proclaimed his love for you eternally. God loves you. Amazing love. How can it be that thou, my God, would die for me? So today when we take communion, what what is happening? In communion, we renew our surrender to Christ. And we renew our responsive love for him. When we take communion in a few moments, uh, we're going to have some time before we take communion to be quiet before the Lord, to confess sin before the Lord, to listen to the Lord, to have the spirit of the Lord introspect our lives, our hearts, our attitudes, our actions, our motives. But first, let's realize that in communion, we're renewing our surrender to Christ, not our commitment to him. I'll just apologize on behalf of every pastor in America. We should not have called you to be committed to Christ. We should have called you to surrender everything to Christ. We're called to surrender to him. And as we take communion together as the people of God, I encourage my heart, I encourage your hearts to renew surrender to him, but also renew that responsive love to him. Why am I calling it a responsive love? Because he loved you before you loved him. So that love that you have for God is just a reaction to his immense love for you. That love that you have for Jesus is only because it's responsive love because of his great love for you. He loves us. He loves us first. We love him only because he loved us first. In communion, we're resurrendering ourselves to Christ. We're renewing this responsive love for Jesus. So can I call us? as the people of God to a time of silence. And I would challenge you, encourage you, ask the Lord to look deep within. Use this time to confess sin, to be aware of sin, to turn from sin. The Christian also use this time to remember the covenant promise of God. All of your sin, all of it has been fully covered by all of the grace of Jesus. And he loves you endlessly. Would you bow your head and bow your heart with me, please, in this moment, this time of silence, this time of memory, this time of remembrance in his presence. God, have your way with your people.
you would take the communion packet and if you'd pull back the tab where the bread is found. Fellow believer, if you would just hold this bread in your hand, can we together just remember? Can we together remember the body of Christ, our real body? God, in his humility, robed himself in human flesh, lived life in this body, was tempted by sin in this body. Suffered the pain, the loneliness, hunger, isolation. He felt the nails. He felt the cross. And at a fixed point in real history, Christ in his body died. Can I ask you to consider your sin? And now can I ask you to consider the promises of God? His grace is greater than our sin. Family, let's eat of this bread together in remembrance of Christ. carefully pull back the tab of the cup and again would you hold this cup in your hand could we together as the covenant people of God remember Remember the shed blood of Christ. Oh, precious was that flow. Without that spilling of that blood, there would be no permanent forgiveness. But our Christ died once and for all. No more need for a temple sacrifice. No more need for a Yom Kippur. No more need for a goat to be sent out into the wilderness because Christ has carried our sin away. We consider again our sin. And praise God, we consider our sin that was covered by that blood. Now standing in a right relationship with God. Jesus, thank you for your blood. The sacrifice for you, the victory for us. The absorption of God's wrath for you. The righteousness of God for us. Death for you, life for us. We will not get over that. Church family, if you would drink of the cup with me 
in remembrance of Christ.